Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. and think there must be more than this to life are you looking for more joy freedom and purpose in your life this is living a courageous authentic life with your host jennifer monahan many of us may be focused on getting ahead and achieving our goals but we may soon realize that something is missing jennifer was there and now she's here to help you reclaim your personal power find joy and realize your full potential now, please welcome the host of Living a Courageously Authentic Life, Jennifer Monahan. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. So happy Valentine's Day. It's the day of love, and I thought today would be a great day to talk about the courage to love and really to love authentically and truly uh, from the heart. So call in with your questions or stories about love. Our number here is 866-451-1451. So what is love? Love is one of those supercharged words where there's so many different meanings and definitions. So I'm going to share my perspective on love, and if you have a different one, Feel free to call in and share it as well. But I will say that love is not just a word. It is actually an action. It's something that you have to live every day. It has to be something that you do. You don't just say, I love you. You show it, right? Um, it is something that goes beyond space and time. It's meant to be felt. And I will tell you that it never dies. So that's how I define love. The ancient Greeks actually identified eight different types of love, and I'm going to share those with you today, and we can talk about some of them as we go throughout the program. Uh, the first one is eros, and that is sexual or passionate love. Uh, they, the Greeks actually believe that eros love was a form of madness brought about by Cupid's eros. So that's where you are head over and heels in love with somebody, want to be with them all the time. The second type is philia. That is affectionate or friendship love. And it's based on a shared goodwill and companionship and trust. Um, this can, in fact, be part of an Eros relationship, maybe after that first flush of falling in love with somebody where you then get to know them better and become more affectionate. 
Storge is the third type of love. That is a familial love that you see between parents and children. Ludus, the fourth type of love, is a playful or uncommitted love. It's things like flirting or seducing. It's, it's fun and, you know, it's occasionally about having a conquest, but no strings attached. So it could be your one night stands type of love. Mania is the fifth type of love that the Greeks identified, and that is obsessive love. Um, we've all seen movies. Fatal Attraction is a great example of, of obsessive love. But it's where you view love as a way of rescuing yourself and uh, using love to build your self-esteem and value. Pragma is the sixth type of love. That's the enduring love. That's love that has aged and developed and lasted over a long time, whether that be a long marriage or a long friendship. And it's a deep, rich love. Philotia is self-love. We'll be talking about this later on today. Um, self-love can be healthy or unhealthy. Um, unhealthy self-love is narcissism, is one example. Healthy love is similar to self-esteem, so it serves as a foundation through which we think and feel and act, um, and it's based on the belief that only when you love yourself and are comfortable with yourself can you love others. And the final type of love that the Greeks identified is agape, which is uh, defined as universal, selfless, unconditional love. That's where you have love for strangers, nature, animals, a higher power, uh, it's similar to altruism. It's a spiritual love, and it's infinite, and it's free from any desires and expectations. So we'll be talking about that one as well today. I will tell you as a shaman, when I'm, when I'm doing my healing sessions for clients, I do tap into agape love uh, when I do each session, when I do my work. It is the love from the universe. It's coming direct from source. Uh, it is what we all are actually at the core. And it's the type of love that the ascended masters such as Jesus and Buddha connected to uh, in order to do miracles and healings while they were on the planet. The first time I ever felt this love when I was doing a, a, a personal journey for myself, it was so overwhelming. It, it actually brought tears to my eyes and I had to disconnect from it because it was so huge and, and bigger than anything I could have ever imagined. It was pure love. And for a moment there, I didn't feel that I was worthy of it. Um, I don't do that anymore. I do believe I'm fully worthy of it as is all of my clients and everyone on the planet. Um, and now when I do my shamanic sessions, when I connect with that love, that love is coming through me and, and being shared with my clients as I'm working on them. And they actually do feel it. Nearly every single one of my clients comment on the fact of how peaceful and so much love that they feel after a session. So why do we need love? Uh, you know, everybody talks about love, and today on Valentine's Day is a very, uh, at least in the United States, a very public display of love with flowers and chocolates and dinners out and everything. But why do we need it? Why is it so important to us? The reality is we're all looking for love. It, and for some people, it's an eternal quest. Love is a basic human need. Uh, Maslow actually puts love on his hierarchy of needs and there, it's in between safety and esteem. So once we are at a point where we feel secure and we're not worried about having food and shelter, then we can start pursuing or realizing love in our lives. Love is who we are at the core. 
as I mentioned before, you know, our source, the higher power, if you want to call it God or Buddha or whomever, our higher power is a source of pure love. And we each are love at our core. But for many of us, that feeling is buried or forgotten within us. Uh, we, we may not believe that we're love or we can't feel it. And searching for it is quite frankly a way for us to search for ourselves and, and feel a completion and whole among ourselves. This is really what I've discovered through my shamanic work. So we're all pure love, but we've lost sight of it. And there are so many different things that actually contribute to the fact that we've lost sight of the love that we are and quite frankly, the love that we have for ourselves. So it could be limiting beliefs, personas, not believing that we're lovable as we are. There's a whole host of reasons, you know, a veil of forgetfulness once we're born. Um, but we are all love and love can do amazing, wondrous things. Uh, the impact of love on our health and well-being is so well documented. It can bring about physical, mental, and emotional healing. It lowers blood pressure. It reduces depression. It beats stress and anxiety. It reduces the likelihood of getting sick. Uh, it also helps your body heal and get and helps you um, actually helps your body heal faster and helps you live longer. So, if love is all those wonderful things, why is it that we don't feel it? And why is it that it scares us so much? Uh, we hear about people who are commitment phobes and afraid of opening up to one another and afraid of facing themselves. So why does love scare us? And how do we work through it? And how do we cultivate it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Our number here is 866-451-1451. So let's talk about the courage to love starting with ourselves. So starting with, starting with ourselves is the first step to truly feeling and experiencing love. Uh, that old adage is true. If we don't love ourselves, it's going to be impossible for us to love somebody else. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about that. Give us a call at 866-451-1451. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Dr. Rob Moyer is the director of the Ocean River Institute, and he is passionate about saving the ocean by helping dolphins suffering from nitrogen pollution. Nitrogen is a dangerous pollutant, affecting our oceans, altering ocean ecosystems, and contributing to global warming. The Ocean River Institute provides opportunities to make a difference and encourages people to go the distance for savvy stewardship of a greater and bluer planet Earth. Partnered with organizations from Massachusetts to Florida, Alaska to the Caribbean, the Ocean River Institute's mission is to foster involvement in conservation and environmental monitoring by facilitating grassroots efforts at local and regional levels. Hello, I'm Rob Moyer of the Ocean River Institute. Please visit our website at oceanriver.org. Sign up for free e-alerts. You may call us at 617-661-6647. Our email address is info at Ocean River. Become informed and then act with us. Thank you. Joseph A. Moylan is the owner of Ion Health, which specializes in very unique medical devices. Ion Health offers biomats, alkalife, and frequency machines. Biomats are a far infrared and negative ion emitting FDA approved medical device. With many different sizes available, you can place them on your bed, on a massage table, or on a seat in your car. It is an unobtrusive way to health. Alkalife machines are water ionizers that cleanse and raise the alkalinity of your tap water, making high alkaline water. 
frequency machines utilize certain frequencies to kill viruses and bacteria. These devices are safe and effective. Coming from a health-conscious background and studying physiology at the Academy of Natural Health, Joseph A. Moylan has 15 years of experience in the health field and wants to help you live a healthy, long life. Visit www.ionhealthbiomats.weebly.com or call 765-520-2988. Don't let your health go astray. Get in touch today. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and we're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. And today we're talking about the courage to love. And just before break, we were talking about the fact that we need to start with ourselves and start with loving ourselves because we cannot truly love another person unless we love ourselves. That love has to be within ourselves. We have to carry and it has to carry us throughout our lives. And then it can be supplemented by others' love. This idea that another person's love is going to complete you is actually not valid. And it sets you up for a lifetime of disappointment and hurt. By starting first by loving ourselves, filling ourselves up with our own love, then when we meet the right person, we are then able to supplement our love, and give it the icing on the cake, uh, with their love and vice versa. No one, quite frankly, can make us feel completely loved. Only we can. And because we're always with ourselves, our life journey is much easier if we do, in fact, love ourselves. But that can be scary because that also means that we have to see and accept ourselves exactly as we are. We're the only ones that truly know all of our positive traits. We know our flaws and our mistakes, our dreams, our hopes. We know that mental voice in our head that either praises us or discourages us. We are the only one who knows that. We tend to be harder on ourselves than we are on others. Uh, in fact, many of us wouldn't even say the things to our friends that we say to ourselves. And, and that's one of the first steps in, in loving yourself. But why do you want to love yourself? What happens if you don't? Well, the reality is if you don't love yourself, you're going to have a joyless life. Uh, it won't be aligned with your full potential because you're holding yourself back. You are denying the true source of who you are and denying the beauty of who you are. And you'll end up with a lot of disappointment. So how do you start to love yourself? Which I think pretty much every person on this planet can, can improve in this area. Um, here's some ideas. One is listen to that inner voice. We all have one. Uh, yogis call it the monkey voice, right? It's the one that chatters all the time. And half the time we don't even know that it's there. It's so deeply ingrained in who we are that we don't notice the tape that, that is constantly playing in your head. So the first thing is to listen to that tape. Discover what's on it. What goes through your mind consciously without you even thinking about it as you go through your life and you're exposed to situations that cause you to think about yourself. Are the words things such as you're so stupid or nobody would ever want to listen to you or nobody could ever love you or you'll never be able to do that or are they positive things? I guess you probably have some negative ones on your tape. So first step is to recognize that. Become aware of when your brain is that monkey voice or that chatter is saying negative things about you and then actively stop. Dismiss that thought and come up and replace it with something that is positive. 
because the reality is whatever that negative thing is, is not true about you, right? So come up with something that is the truth about you. You are smart or you're strong or you're capable or you're committed or able to do this or completely lovable. Whatever it is, come up with the positive aspect of what is on that tape of your head and start to rewrite that inner voice so that it focuses on loving you. If you're having trouble doing this, if you can't think of positive things, if you truly believe to the depths of your soul that you are that negative thing that's on that tape, reach out to a close friend or family member and have them point out the truth for you. Let them tell you what you really are. A second thing you can do is start to acknowledge that you're human. Uh, We go through life, we try to be perfect at everything, but we all make mistakes, we all fail at something. And the key is to pick ourselves up after we do so. Stop, see what we can learn from the situation and start again. We're meant to make mistakes. Mistakes are part of who we are. It's how we learn. If we never made a mistake, we would never learn, we would never grow. And we'd never have a number of great inventions or discoveries that actually occurred through mistakes. So we wouldn't have penicillin, we wouldn't have pacemakers or the microwave oven. Post-it notes would never have been invented, nor would chocolate chip cookies, which are, of course, one of my favorites. So mistakes are good. They're an opportunity for us to learn. And we need to stop beating ourselves up over our mistakes, learn and move on. A third thing, and it ties to the first one, is focus on the positive and let that be your view of yourself and your life. When we focus on the negative, when we're complaining about something, it actually brings us down and makes it much easier for us to not love love ourselves. We actually lower ourselves to a level of unlovability or at least perceived unlovability. So shift to a positive perspective, even when there's really bad things going on in your life. It's very rare that there couldn't be something positive going on at the same time. So find the positive. I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I was, uh, a friend of mine called me. He'd been in a bad accident down here in Guatemala and he asked me to come pick him up. And his, um, he was driving the car. He had a friend in the car. The car rolled over completely. The friend didn't have his seatbelt on and got a bad gash on his head. And when I saw him and I was talking with him after he came back from being at the hospital, he mentioned to me that that day was his birthday. And I wished him a happy birthday and uh, told him that I hope the rest of this day was good. And he said, you know, today's a beautiful day. I'm alive. So he could have spent a lot of time being negative and down about the accident, saying he was a victim, focusing on the, the big, you know, gash on his head that got stitched up. But instead, he found the positive. I'm alive. I'm going to go home. I'm going to spend time with my children. And we get to have birthday cake a little earlier today because I'm taking the rest of the day off. So find the positive. Um, That can include doing something like making a list of all the positive things about you and putting that list where you can see it often, whether it's on your bathroom mirror, on your computer screen, uh, as the wallpaper for your phone. But look at that list. Remind yourself why you are so wonderful and lovable. Listen to and change how you talk about yourself or receive compliments. Uh, When we call ourselves things out loud, when we say, oh, I'm such a failure, I'm a loser, I'm stupid, we're reinforcing the fact that we don't love ourselves. And the same is true when we refuse to receive a compliment. I mean, how many times has somebody said to you, oh, you look great today, or what a great dress, or nice shoes, and you say, oh, no, it's uh, okay. 
You're actually saying to that person, I don't love myself and you're not worthy of loving me either because I'm not worthy of love. So say thank you and know that the giver truly meant it. Uh, a couple other things you can do, uh, do things that bring you joy, allow yourself to feel good. And then uh, there's one that's fairly difficult for people, and that's to look yourself in the mirror eye to eye and say, I love you over and over again for a minute or two. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from our break. Uh, call in and share your story of having the courage to, to, to love yourself and others at 866-451-1451. We'll be right back. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Glow Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today, since it's Valentine's Day, we're talking about the courage to love. Just before the break, we were talking about uh, some ways that you can love yourself and start to love yourself. And I was talking about one that's actually quite difficult for a number of people, and that's looking at yourself in the mirror, eye to eye, looking in your eyes and saying, I love you and doing this for one or two minutes. It is extremely difficult for most people when they start this, and I can guarantee that it would bring up a whole host of emotions. You may feel anger, sadness, regret. Um, some people cry when they do it. Uh, breathe through it, let those emotions release. Um, it may also feel fake and unnatural, and this is truly a case of fake it till you make it. Um, this one exercise can drastically change your life and how you feel about yourself. I had one client do this for several months. She was, um, she was struggling with loving herself and it was extremely painful for her to do this at first. She couldn't even get through one or two minutes. She'd maybe say it once 
and then over time gradually built up to two or three times, but it got easier. And eventually she found herself saying, I love you to herself whenever she saw a mirror, whether she was at work, in her car, at home. And she said for the first time in a long time, she started to feel as if she had a lighter heart. And that really was a door opener for her to realize that she is love and that she is worthy of love and she's worthy of loving herself. If you're really struggling with loving yourself, seek professional help with this. Um, we're all worthy of love. We are all worthy of loving ourselves. And if you need to get help to do so, do so because it will make a huge difference in your life. So once we're loving ourselves and, and have a, a better a better handle on how lovable we are, then it's a little easier to love others. The Mayans, uh, indigenous culture here in Guatemala and, and the Yucatan in, in Mexico and Belize and parts of El Salvador and Honduras have this beautiful greeting when they meet another person. Um, they also use it when they're expressing gratitude or, or welcoming the morning sun. And it's in la kek a la kin which means I am you and you are me. Or another way of saying it is in you, I see another me. Through this phrase, and it is truly uh, a phrase that uh, they feel from their heart. In fact, when they say it, they put their hands over their heart, uh, recognizing that we're all vibrant beings and we are all connected. Um, they're honoring the oneness of humanity and the planet and all of the beings on the planet and the fact that we are all connected. This is true uh, and a wonderful way to remember that when we're with others, we can share our hearts and our love and that we are more similar than we are dissimilar. Often when we are in a loving relationship with another, whether it is a parent-child relationship, a sibling, a friend, or a romantic relationship, the people that we are with are mirrors for us and we are mirrors for them. This is a, a, a positive giving, right? It's a giving of who we are uh, when done correctly. It's energizing. It doesn't drain us or, or come from a sense of obligation. This, this love of sharing who we are in our hearts is not a draining or obligatory exercise. Through this connection, it's one way that we can overcome our fear. There are some challenges when we love others, and I'm sure every single one of you can think of times when you hurt or you've hurt someone else that's been near to you. Uh, three of the biggest challenges in my perspective are, number one, that people that we are in relationship with, again, family, friends, spouse, partner, are mirrors of what we need to work on in our lives. They show us what we need to learn, and they come into our lives to help us improve and vice versa, we are there to help them as well. So as a mirror, they show us our fears. They show us our strengths and our weaknesses. Uh, they will bring up our old unhealed wounds that need to, need to be healed within us. So for example, if you have a fear of abandonment and you're in a partner relationship with someone, chances are, your biggest fights happen when you, this fear starts to come up within you and you worry, whether consciously or unconsciously, that your partner is going to leave you or abandon you or walk away from the relationship. The second big challenge with loving others is that 
sometimes we decide we want to make them into what we want them to be. So we've all heard someone say, oh, she would be perfect if only she changed this one thing. She'd be perfect for me. Or he'll be perfect for me once I'm done, quote, remaking him. The third biggest challenge around uh, relationships and loving others around expectations. A lot of times people go into a relationship and keep tabs on the relationship. If I do this, then he will need to do that for me. Or she should respond this to our conversation. If she doesn't, then I am upset or I will be angry. Um, He should know how to do this when I'm upset. There are all these expectations that we bring into a relationship that that are unfair and unrealistic. Because the person that we are with, again, whether it's family member, friend, spouse, partner, that person doesn't know what the the expectations are, or the expectations may be far beyond the capabilities of that person. So working on these three challenges is really how you improve your relationships with others. And it opens up the door for you to have a relationship that is love-based instead of based on a number of other factors. So first and foremost, when you're looking to improve your relationship with someone else, remember that the only thing you can change is yourself and how you respond to a situation. You will never be able to make someone else change. You will never be able to change what somebody says or does. You can definitely share your point of view and explain something that isn't working for you, but the only thing that you can change is how you respond to that situation. You always have the freedom of choice in your response. Be true to yourself and be yourself when you are in a relationship. If you're being fake, then what kind of a relationship are you in? You're you're not in a true relationship that's based on who you are. Instead, you're trying to be somebody else and you're guaranteed to stumble and and have some, some rough times. And eventually you'll start to wonder if that person even really loves you. So we're going to take a quick break here. Um, Call in with your thoughts and questions at 866-451-1451. We'll continue talking about loving relationships when we come back. Stay tuned. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Stapula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis strives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. 
Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. Today we're talking about the courage to love. And just before the break, we were talking about loving ourselves and then also being in loving relationships. And uh, during the break, we had a caller come in. Cindy called. And Cindy, hi. Hi, Jen. How are you? Good. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. Thank you. You mentioned that you had a question. I do. Um, I certainly want to comment on the content today, which is wonderful, and certainly agree with, uh, in my older age now, that we really only have the ability to change how we respond to others, never someone else. But my question is, is that in the, if we've been told unloving things mm-hmm. by those that we've loved, how do we stop that chatter in our heads that holds on to those words sometimes or even might even believe those words sometimes? It's certainly something I struggle with, and, and I don't think maybe I'm too unique on that. Maybe others struggle with it too. You know, Cindy, that is probably one of the most difficult things as a human being is letting go of a negative thought or perception that somebody else has of us. I mean, I'm guilty of it as well, right? I I mean, I remember one day I was in New York City and I was walking to Grand Central Station. I was in my mid-20s at the time and there were these two men sitting on a wall and they were critiquing every woman that went by. And we can talk about how that's not cool. Um, But as I walked by, they said, they looked at me in the face and they said, you're one of the ugliest women we have ever seen. And I kept walking and I cried all the way home and it was almost a two hour train ride. And I carried those words with me for a long, long time, believing from two random strangers that I was hideous and, you know, unattractive. And the truth is I'm not unattractive and I'm not hideous, but those words hit something within me that I actually believed about myself. And that's why I held on to them. It served as a validation of something within myself. And I think to your point, when we are in a a close relationship with someone else, when they say something to us, it's like a, it's like a bullseye, right? Some of these things that they say, because they actually know where our, our weaknesses are. And that's that mirror thing that I was talking about. So how do you release it? It takes work. I'm not going to lie. It takes work, Cindy. It's, it's 
constantly telling yourself, no, this is not true. It's similar to the limiting beliefs, right? We, we, we buy into it and we have to point out to ourselves ways that it's not true. So for me, for example, with the, the comment by those men, I started to consciously look for things that I thought were pretty about myself. So I like my eyes, they're green, right? It's kind of cool. Right. And so I found one thing after another until I became much more comfortable with who I was and started to love who I was and my appearance. Right. So in your case, I would say, look for the truth. Mm-hmm. And anytime you I'm find not, yourself. Hmm? I'm nodding. I'm nodding along. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, anytime you find yourself starting to think, that negative thought as being true, pull out from your list of things that are true about yourself, things that negate that thought. Oh, they said that I'm, you know, I'm not loving. Well, no, that's not true. I'm a wonderful dog mom and I have really close relationships with my parents and my friends adore me and everything. And maybe this thing that he has brought up about me, I'm using the example as if it was a uh, intimate partner. Maybe that's his thing and not me. So look for ways to negate that negative statement. Now, if it's really true, if, 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 for example, somebody said to you, gee, you, um, you are a poor communicator and I never know what's expected of me. Well, then there might be a nugget there for you to take away. But the reality is you can learn and grow from that feedback you can show yourself how you are not that negative thing you've been carrying. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm nodding along um, because mm-hmm. what you, the example that you've used for yourself um, is certainly one that hits home for me and, and probably a lot of women out there. Um, but the the, the 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 example that you mentioned in the previous segment about look with your other client looking at yourself in the mirror and um, you know that's a really cool exercise I've never tried it although how many times a day do we all look in mirrors all day long sometimes without even knowing it right. um, and it's a cool exercise to try and I like the idea that when you said she did that how it changed and kind of transformed who she felt like she is. And that almost, I almost like picture it to be a force field. You know, we talk about white light and things like that, but like a force field around so that these kinds of things that others may say that truly intrinsically are not true, don't become part of our self-talk, especially when they're people that we have loved and whether they've loved us or not is irrelevant. They're people that we've loved and have given that to as a gift. And the return gift that they gave us is this chatter in our head that I know I'm in control of. We all are in control of Mm -hmm. that. Um, But it's sure, like you've said, so tricky hard (laughs) to shut that voice down. Like like you almost want to just yell at 2 in the morning, shut up, because (laughs) the voice is so loud. (laughs) So thank you so much for your perspective. Again, the show is magnificent. Blessings to you on Valentine's Day. Thank you. You too. Um, it is always great to hear from Cindy. Okay. So, you know, this idea of 
being in relationship with others and, and changing ourselves uh, is really the only thing that we can change. But also recognizing that in relationship, we need to be who we are and true to ourselves. That does not mean that there's a, not opportunities for us to grow and mature and evolve as human beings. But anytime we're in a relationship where we feel like we cannot be ourselves, uh, we need to step back and say, is this the right relationship for me? Um, so if things are being mirrored to us, such as the conversation we just had with Cindy, where we're, we're getting these, we're getting these situations or we're getting this feedback that may be hurtful for us. Um, focusing inward is the first thing that we need to do. So where is the fear or reaction coming from? What's the source of it? Is it a recurring theme? Does it come up often in our relationship? Is it a childhood wound that we need to heal? As we begin to identify and heal those things, that will help heal our relationships. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, call in with your thoughts and questions, 866-451-1451. When we come back, we'll continue talking about uh, the courage to love in relationship. Stay tuned. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and this is Living a Courageously Authentic Life. And today we're talking about the courage to love. Uh, specifically, we're talking right now about the courage to love in a relationship and how to improve your relationship with others, whether that is a spouse, a parent, a partner, a sibling, friend, child, um, one of the things uh, that I think is critical to improving a relationship is to accept the other person for who she or he is. 
As I mentioned before, no one likes being forced to change. Um, putting conditions on a relationship, I will only love you if you do this, um, make for a very rocky and unfulfilling relationship. And it's not coming from a place of love. Now, this does not mean that you need to accept behavior that is unacceptable or hurtful. Um, it means that you see the other person as he or she is, not necessarily as how you would want them to be. And from that place of clarity, then you can make a good decision about your relationship. So if you are in a relationship where the behavior is hurtful, it allows you to know that you can't change that person and make a decision potentially to end the relationship or walk away from the relationship. How else can you improve your relationships with others? Well, you can truly listen to them. Uh, that is a gift that many people uh, don't receive today. Uh, the gift of being heard and understood and that somebody has taken the time to listen to us and our wants and our needs is a huge gift. And when we focus on listening and understanding them and their perspective and their feelings, it opens the door for us to have a stronger relationship. The flip side of that is being able to communicate your own needs, right? And communicating what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what you what you need out of the relationship and being willing to forgive when something has happened. And if, if you are in fact at fault saying you're sorry first, um, and not keeping score. So these are some things that we can do, uh, to improve our relationships with others and really open the door for love. In addition, we can be there for them. But doing so without compromising ourselves or doing something that makes us feel resentful. So when we are in partnership with another person, recognizing our own, uh, I'm going to say limitations or, or capabilities and what we're willing to give and giving to that point and, and not beyond it, expressing gratitude, apologizing, and then making decisions uh, about the relationship. That Final type of love that was described by the Greeks, agape love, which is unconditional love, goes even deeper than uh, a, a traditional relationship. You often hear of parents when they first have a child having this wave of pure love wash over them, and that is um, unconditional love. They're just so joyful and happy and think that their baby is perfect there are no expectations at that point on the child. And that unconditional love is what allows them to start bonding as a family and, and moving forward together. Unconditional love is really the deepest, most intimate type of a relationship. Uh, and it's something that when we cultivate it, say in a loving partnership or in a marriage, um, can help our, our relationship not only become stronger, but serve as a light out to the rest of the world as to what true love is all about. Um, These types of relationships actually increase the closeness, intimacy between two people, while also strengthening the individual individuality of each person. So again, because there's no expectations, because it is an unconditional love, no conditions on the love, um, it is an opportunity for each individual within the relationship to grow, evolve, learn, uh, and do so both individually and together, knowing that you have the other by your side, but you also have the freedom to change and grow. Um, 
this type of love is, is the highest level of love, and it is bigger than ourselves. There's boundless compassion and empathy in these kinds of relationships. It's pure. It's free from desires and expectations. It loves regardless of the flaws and shortcomings of the other person uh, within the relationship. At its core, it is the divine truth that we hear about in most religious practices, that love accepts, forgives, and believes for the greater good. And this type of love is extremely powerful because it brings with it the possibility of healing, the release of our wounds, the moving forward into becoming who we are. But to release this, it takes a lot of courage. Um, in this type of relationship, with this type of love, you have to be willing to completely open up your heart and show who you are. Bear your soul and share each wound in your, in your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual body as it surfaces. You need to be willing to be vulnerable and take emotional risks. And it requires a lot, in capital letters, a lot of trust between you and your partner. We talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the beginning of the show. And this, this type of love actually touches on and has uh, levels of commitment for each level of Maslow's hierarchy of need. In order to realize this kind of love, you have to make sure that you are addressing the psychological needs of each other. Do we have enough food, water, and shelter? The safety needs. Are we safe and secure? Do we have good health or as good a health as possibly can? The love and belonging needs. Friendship, intimacy, our family. Esteem and the needs around esteem. There's, you know, a love-based relationship on respect, freedom. And then finally, at the very top, self-actualization. Within this type of an agape love or an unconditional love relationship, there is a true belief that we can each become the best version of ourselves in the relationship. So this partnership love goes beyond the basic needs to really help somebody realize self-actualization for both members of the relationship. When we think about this from the perspective of our chakra system, and for those of you who who aren't familiar with our chakras, that's our energy system, Um, you can see the same type of um, needs coming up. So do we have our root, our sacral, our will, our heart, our throat, our third eye, and crown? Are those all being taken care of in the relationship? We're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk about how you get the courage to enter this type of a relationship. Call in at 866-451-1451 if you have any questions. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted. And every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope. There is help. There is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. 
and it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses. Mystical. Present. Past. And future. All in one. Wild. Free. Domestic. And healing. For everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Welcome back. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And today we're talking about the courage to love. And just before the break, we were talking about this idea of agape or unconditional love. And um, I posed the question, how do you get the courage to enter into this type of a relationship? Because it does take a lot of courage to do so in terms of opening up your heart, being true to yourself, trusting, etc. Probably the biggest fear associated with this type of a relationship is that if you don't say something, if you don't communicate what you need, you risk resentment. But if you do say what you need, you risk ridicule, rejection, or loss. And that's where becoming vulnerable comes into play. So our society views vulnerability as a weakness, but in fact, it is a strength. It allows us to free ourselves from our standard defense mechanisms so that we can live fully and experience all of our emotions, thoughts, and perceptions in the moment. Being vulnerable allows us to take a chance. It requires courage, of course, to be vulnerable. It requires that you ask for what you want. But when we are vulnerable, we are courageously authentic. Overcoming the fear of being in a relationship like this usually only happens when the pain of not being true to ourselves outweighs the pain of being silent. Uh, when that happens, we can start taking a step towards being vulnerable and, and begin to overcome that fear. And like any fear, being open and vulnerable is one where we learn by taking a step. We, we dip a toe into the water and we express what we need. Uh, we share our fear or our hurt or our concern from a place of love and let that other person know that this is what we need. This is what we're experiencing and feeling. And hopefully if your partner is one who is willing to be in a similar type of relationship that opens the door for a wonderful di di uh, dialogue. If they are not ready to, then that feedback gives you the opportunity to reassess the relationship and where you want that relationship to go. Now, we have a few more minutes here, and I wanted to spend uh, a little bit of time talking about love and what happens when somebody passes away. Uh, the reality is that love never disappears because love can't die. Just because someone is no longer physically present in your life doesn't mean that they're gone. Uh, often they are closer than you think. 
person who has passed away can carry that love with them and they can continue to send you love and vice versa. That, that communication through love exists across all dimensions and across time. From my experience uh, with, with shamanism, uh, when a person passes, they transmute back into pure love, that source that we talked about at the beginning of the call. But they keep the essence or energy of who they are. So when I work with clients, I often ask them, is there anyone close to them that's passed on that they'd like me to invite into the shamanic session? Uh, and many of them have someone that they want help with their healing. So I invite those loved ones to join. Uh, and I'm often touched by how much love and compassion they bring to the session. So for example, uh, one of my clients asked that I invite her grandmother to help with the healing process. So as I began my journey, I asked the grandmother to join and she did. And she actually proceeded to make me and the other helping spirits laugh because she had such a wonderful, warm sense of humor. And she really was like a hoot. Uh, when the healing work started, though, she, she got down to business. Uh, and at one point, she put her hands on my client's heart and shared this beautiful healing message that when I relayed it to my client after the session, uh, actually brought tears to her eyes because it mirrored something that she had, the grandmother had told her when she was alive. Um, Another, uh, another situation was where I had a client who asked me if I could invite his birth mother, who he'd never met or been able to connect with, to join the process. Um, and when I did the work, there was somebody there. It wasn't his birth mother. It was actually his maternal grandmother from the birth mother. Uh, she participated, shared a message as well. Um, and my client was thrilled because he had been told by other people that his maternal grandmother was with him as well. So never underestimate the power of love. It and the energy and the soul of the person who have passed on live forever. I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful Valentine's Day and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great day. This has been Living a Courageously Authentic Life with host Jennifer Monahan. Listen each week as Jennifer helps you get down to the core of who you are, discover and connect to your inner spark, and bring that forward consistently and consciously in your day-to-day -day life. Here on Jennifer Monahan's Living a Courageously Authentic Life. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.